Oregon Trail, man. 1985. My kids played this in school, but dad is way better at this than them. Yep, I'm facing a situation here. Looks like a river coming up. Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing, man. You know what? You know my personality. I'm going for it. Yep, I can do it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, watch this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, too deep. Oh. I hate when that happens. Good morning, Westside Family Church. It is so great to see you here at Lenexa Speedway, those of you watching online. Today we are continuing in our series, week two of a journey through an ancient book, Old Testament, called Proverbs, where God is going to lay out wisdom for living. The premise of the entire book is that if you will choose to string together a series of wise decisions over a lifetime, you will place yourself in the best possible position to live your best life. Anybody interested in living your best life? Give me a hallelujah. So you uh, have an obvious draw to come here today. Congratulations. The draw is as we uh, open up the book of Proverbs over these next six weeks, and many of you are taking the challenge to read a proverb a day over the next 31 days. Uh, what you are doing is that you are realizing that you want to live your best life, and you've come to discover, as it turns out, that the God of the universe loves you, and he wants you to live your best life and he has information for you on how to get there. So I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament because we're going to be jumping around a lot today. If you haven't ever downloaded the Westside Family Church app, I would encourage you to do that. Go to the gathering notes and you'll see all the scriptures laid out as well as an outline to fill in and to save for yourself. You might also want to consider, some of you have done, matter of fact, a lot of you have done this, but it's not too late. If you will text the word Proverbs to the church number, they'll put it on the screen there. If you'll text Proverbs to our number, uh, we'll set you up daily to receive an audio, uh, uh, a dramatized audio of the book of Proverbs, that chapter for the day, and I have recorded uh, 31 audio messages to kind of get your day started. So I'd encourage you to do that. Now, there's a guy named Derek Kidner that you probably don't know, but he wrote a fine commentary on the book of Proverbs all the way back in 1964 when I was a walloping three years of age. It's a great commentary, and he suggests that the book of Proverbs contains six dominant topics that we should address if we want to live our best life. Last week, uh, Pastor Dan opened up the book of Proverbs and dealt with topic number one, which is the topic of the fool. The fool. And uh, amazing insights. As a matter of fact, uh, one gal uh, came and she heard the message. It spoke to her. She recognized the direction of her life was going this way. She was tired of it. She wanted to go this way. And after the service, she rushed out. And without planning it, she got baptized. Here's a picture of her getting baptized last <laughs> week. Isn't that exciting? That's pretty, 
That's pretty exciting. So today we deal with topic number two. The topic is the sluggard. Yeah, the sluggard. It is an old English Scandinavian word which simply means lazy, procrastinator. Now, unfortunately, all of the people who need to hear this message couldn't get out of bed this morning. (laughs) And so I'm going to ask you if you would take some notes for them and pass it to them later on this afternoon or morning for them. Actually, I'm just joking. And I'll tell you why. Because there is a little sluggard in all of us, isn't there? Some of my favorite lines that a sluggard would say, let's put them up on the screen. The first one is, my goal this weekend is to move just enough so people don't think I'm dead. Yeah. Or how about this one? Lazy is a very strong word. I like to call it selective participation. Or how about this one? I wonder, do lazy people go to heaven or do they send someone to pick us up? Yeah. Or how about this one? What type of exercise do lazy people do? Diddly squats. (laughs) I really like that. Or how about this one? For some reason, I'm already feeling tired tomorrow. Maybe you like this one. My get up and go got up and went. And I think this last one is for husbands. Here we go. A husband is someone who, after taking out the trash, gives the impression he's cleaned the whole house. Yeah. And all the women said... Amen to that. Now, as we look at all of the passages that deal with the topic of sluggards throughout the book of Proverbs, the first thing we uncover are four character qualities of the sluggard, four characters of the, of the, uh, of the sluggard. If you're taking notes, write the first one down. He will not begin things. He will not begin things. Proverbs chapter six and verse nine, our first proverb of the day. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? When we ask the sluggard how long or when, we have been too definitive for them. They do not have a clue. They have no plan. Derek Kidner writes, all he knows is his delicious drowsiness. All he asks is a little respite. He does not commit himself to a refusal, but deceives himself by the smallness of his surrenders. So by inches and minutes, the opportunities for him slip away. That's character number one. He will not begin things. Character number two, he will not finish things. In the rare effort that he does begin something, it has been too much for him and the impulse dies. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 27 says, the lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. Now, what does that mean? It means in this rare occasion, the lazy person got out of bed in the morning and went hunting. Yay! And they shot something. Yay! And it died. Maybe not so cool, but they died. But the lazy person won't finish it. They're so lazy, they won't prepare the meat and they wait long enough where the meat goes rotten. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 24 gives an extreme, almost kind of uh, in-your-face hyperbole. It says, a sluggard buries his hand in the dish. 
he will not even bring it back to his mouth. The images of a, of a guy, maybe a gal, sitting watching a movie and they have a big, a big tub of buttered popcorn and they have the energy to stick their hand into the buttered popcorn, but they're too lazy to pull it out and actually bring it to their mouth. That's crazy. It's basically signaling that the sluggard lacks motivation, lacks motivation. A sluggard has a long list of unfinished projects. If the shoe fits, wear it. Character quality number three, he will not face things. He will not face things. He comes to realize and believe in his own excuses and to rationalize his laziness. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 13, the writer says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. I can't go outside. There's a lion. Yeah, there is a lion. But in the jungle, not in the public square, it would be like a Kansan saying, hey, there's a hurricane outside. I'll be washed away and die. You know, there's not going to be a hurricane outside. You're just making excuses and everybody around you knows it, dude. Everybody knows it. But the sluggard is in the habit of making the soft choice. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 4 says, The sluggard will not, will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore he shall beg in harvest and have nothing. It's just too cold today to go outside and to plow. And they say that over and over again, a little soft excuse. And when harvest comes, there is no food. They find themselves begging. That's character quality number three. The fourth one we find in the book of Proverbs is this, is that he will lack integrity. He will lack integrity. In the case of food, we see as a result of having no food, the sluggard will be forced to become fundamentally dishonest. With no food, the belly becomes hungry. And because they have no access to food from the hands, uh, the, from the work of their own labor, they are forced to smooth off the people who have been good at it. They are forced to lie and to cheat whatever is necessary to put food in their belly. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 26 says, lazy people irritate their employers like vinegar to the teeth or smoke to the eyes. What's the analogy here? Have you ever been cooking out on the grill and you open it up and the smoke just enters into your eyes and it burns? That's how a lazy employee is to the employer. I met yesterday with a West Side business owner and he sadly informed me that tomorrow he is forced to fire an employee who is simply lazy. I hope it's not an aware, uh, alert to any of you sitting in here, but that's what's going to happen tomorrow for a person for merely being lazy and the West Side owner was just discouraged that he was put in this position. I like cats. They taste like chicken. I don't like sluggards. They taste like vinegar. 
Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9 says, A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Derek Kidner writes, The sage teaches that he who leaves a work undone is next of kin to him who destroys it. Think in your mind of the person who is the pitcher of the all-time sluggard. I thought about it this week, and I came up with Cousin Eddie. Yeah, Cousin Eddie. And I don't know why my team chose this particular pitcher, because I know exactly where it's coming from. I'm not going to say or tell you what he's doing, and I do not recommend the movie. Cousin Eddie is a lazy sluggard, and he's put in the position, because of his laziness, to smooth, lie, and cheat, Uh, his cousin throughout the movie, Cousin Eddie. Don't be Cousin Eddie, folks. In the book of Proverbs, the writers also give us the outcome of the sluggard in the attempt to motivate us. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 19 reads, "A a lazy person's way is blocked with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. It's basically saying the wise person, the upright person's life is so much easier. It's like an open highway with no obstacles. But for the lazy person, their life is like going through a jungle with all kinds of thorns and briars and all kinds of twists and turns and all of that. I like to golf from time to time. Yesterday I was golfing and uh, there was a, a little ball way deep in the woods that by a guy I was playing with hit there, not me. And I went into the woods to get it, only to find that my attempt to get the ball led me into a huge amount of thorns and briars, and yet I kept going in. And on my way out, it was very, very, very difficult, and I ended up cutting up my whole body, and particularly a big slash in my arm, which is why I'm wearing long sleeve shirts today, right? Yeah, 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 that's crazy. A $2 ball? $40 medical bill. There you go. That can't be very good. Um, The life of sidestepping the facts and unwillingness to share the load eventually gets you into a hole that is hard to get out of. And then the writer just calls it. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5. Let's not mince any words. Despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin for their hands refuse to work. The sluggard has dreams just like everybody else, but they won't come true because they won't put in the work. I was trying to find some ways to sort of encourage or teach children about this, and I came upon, you educators were like this, I, I came upon the Aesop fable of the ant and the grasshopper, and you want to take a look at it. I went online to look at some videos, and it turns out that there are several versions of this ancient fable, the ant and the grasshopper. There's one for little kids where the ants are shoring up you know, their food for the winter, but the grasshopper is just swimming and taking it easy and not preparing. When winter comes, the ants are in their hole, completely set for the winter. The grasshopper comes to them and he's freezing and he knocks on their door. And in the little kid's version, they open up the door and let him in. That's not how the fable goes. 
In the end, the grasshopper comes and he's freezing cold and he knocks on their door and they turn him away. He goes out into the snow and he dies. Don't show your little kids the fake one. Show them the real one. A lazy person who will not do the work will come to ruin. Man, I'm a mean pastor today. Yeah. Now, what I want to do to be a little bit more pastoral is to talk about the causes of laziness or sluggard. Because no one, in my estimation, is born a bum but there are underlying issues that cause it. Some of them are physical issues and some of them are psychological issues. The notion or the idea is that something happened before and you gotta get to the underlying issue if you want to overcome the sluggishness of your life get to the root cause. So I did some research and uh, checked this out with a few doctors and we got a pretty good list here. So I'm gonna put them up on the screen and in the Westside app, we've actually listed them out and I want you to look at these and identify if one is true of you and actually it could be a combination of them and this is the underlying issue that is causing the sluggishness. The first one is simply iron deficiency, yeah. Iron deficiency, more of a problem with women than with men. Number two, sleep deficiency. Yeah, sleep deficiency will cause sluggishness. Another one is an unhealthy or unbalanced diet that leads to something like diabetes, which creates a life of sluggishness. Here's another one, right? Dehydration, can you believe that? Dehydration, simply not drinking enough water can cause, the, 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 can cause a bunch of sluggishness. sluggishness. Here, here's another one, no exercise, right? Yeah, exercise releases endorphins and creates a lot of energy, but here's my problem, too much exercise, way too much exercise can do the same thing. That was a joke. Um, interesting, this next one, hyperthyroidism, my daughter, this was a problem for her. She was very, very you know, uh, 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 rambunctious and very gifted at getting things done and handling things. And then she went through this period where she was super sluggish, trying to push through it, went to the doctor, found out that this was her problem, got it fixed, now she's back to her old self. Another one is fibromyalgia, that's another one. So those are some physical causes. Maybe someone you know who is a little bit sluggish hasn't dealt with the underlying cause. Now, here are some psychological reasons or causes that result in a sluggishness. The first one is a lack of self-esteem. That may be the underlying issue for you. Another one is the lack of positive recognition for others. A third one is a lack of self-discipline stemming from low self-confidence. Here's another one, super common, just a lack of interest. Nothing seems to stir you. Another one is the fear of rejection. You know, there's just, there's just no way you're gonna step out and try something exciting because you are fearing rejection. And this next one is mine, anxiety and depression. Anxiety and depression. On two seasons in my life, I've entered into a long season of, of depression and anxiety and it put me on my back and I could not move and it appeared to the outsider that I was lazy, that I was a sluggard, 
that I did not care, that I wasn't carrying my load, but there was an underlying issue that was driving it so that I was not to be buried in the guilt of being a sluggard, but rather I was to go to the underlying issue and to address and to deal with it. And the last one is kind of interesting. It's called excessive dopamine hits. Now, I'm not a doctor. I play one on television. Not really. Uh, but the notion or idea is dopamine uh, is, a, is a chemical that God has given us. It's an awesome thing. It's a pleasure chemical. And when it releases, it gives us a sense of, of, of excitement and drive and pleasure. But what happens if you have too many of these in a given day, it actually sucks your energy and creates a sluggishness. Uh, this is particularly a problem amongst people who are addicted to video games. Video games are addictive because they're giving you a constant reward and a dopamine hit and you are loving that you are loving that when you are loving and it's awesome and then you put the game away and you go through the rest of your life like brushing your teeth and making your bed and doing your homework and no one's giving you any dopamine hits for that and you find yourself highly uninterested in everyday life so the idea is that most people don't wake up and say I think I want to be a sluggard when I grow up the reality is there's usually one or more physical or psychological underlying issues that is creating it. But here's what happens. What starts out as a physical or psychological issue, which is primarily amoral, it's not, it's not a wrong thing, but it becomes a wrong thing because you don't face it. And when you don't face it, it leads to a sluggard's life which now becomes a character problem affecting not only the potential outcome of your life, but the people right around you. My wife, Roseanne, uh, believes deeply that one should be hydrated. So what does she do? She deals with the underlying issue. She fills this bad boy up every single day and drinks it, right? If you struggle with hydration, drink water! Now, she would be here to tell you her own story, but she finished it already, so she's in the women's restroom. <laughs> no, just kidding. She's actually here. The writers of, of the Proverbs now turn uh, to a final topic, and that is two lessons for the sluggards. If you find yourself like me from time to time needing this, here are two lessons. The first one is to learn by example. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 and 8 says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. The sluggard here is invited to consider the ant and to be inspired. The ant does not have a prince or governor wielding and ruling over them, meaning they have no parent to tell them to get up, brush their teeth, get your homework done. They do it out of pure self-motivation. And the observation does not uh, elude us here. The human brain is 5.5 inches by 6.5 inches by 3 point six inches someone suggested the size of 10 tennis balls taped together that's the size 
of the human brain. The size of an ant brain is one microliter, which is the size of a medium grain of salt, a crystal that is one million times smaller than the human brain. Yet God uses the brain of an ant to inspire us to get off the couch and get some work done. It's intended to be offensive. But when you study the life of the ant, you do get inspired. Take a look at this. If we built this, we can do anything. Okay, let's move it. I'm on it. All of you, gather around. You, start climbing. They lost right now. The weak elements of the colony are being washed away. So maybe your best next step this afternoon in this beautiful Kansas weather before the Chiefs play is to go out and find yourself a train of ants and lay down on the ground and watch them for a good hour and see if that might not give you the pickup that you need. But maybe in this case, the ant is not an actual ant but the ant is a person that God has placed in your life or a book that you read. Study them with all of your heart and learn from their experience. But the writers also say that we can learn from experience as well. I love the passage, Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 through 34. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere, the ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Derek Kidner, the commentator said, the wise man will learn while there is time. He knows that the sluggard is no freak, but as often as not, an ordinary man who has made too many excuses, too many refusals, and too many postponements. It has all been as imperceptible and unpleasant as falling asleep. About six years ago, I found myself living out the life of a genuine, bona fide sluggard. And I could not get off the couch for a period of almost eight months. And I remember the day that jolted me the most. It was the fear in the eyes of my wife who said to me, Randy, if you don't face this 
and deal with this, our family is gonna come to ruin. And that spoke to me deeply, but I couldn't move. So I made the decision there and then to go to the underlying cause. I'm not a sluggard, but I had become one. And the underlying cause was depression. And so I got after the underlying cause and I got some help, a care group, counselors, doctors, four of them. And it didn't happen overnight, but little by little, I regained a sense of motivation. And I got off the couch. I got off the couch the next day. And now I'm back to the person you know. Putting all my energy out so that you may be able to experience the same truths of God's word. But to do so, you have to get to the underlying causes. Jesus says so many occasions in his life on earth to a person who was struggling. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want to be healed? And that's what God is offering you today. He's offering you healing. The courage to get to the root of your problem and then find the energy to live your best life. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's be standing to our feet now all over the place as we offer up our worship to God. God, now we offer you our worship from our place of brokenness, from the questions we have. Receive it from the bottom of our heart. In the name of Jesus and by his authority, I pray. Amen.